This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. But out of that, a new holiday was born. A festivus for the rest of us. Live, kind of from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, reporting from out in the field on this Black Friday. Things are crazier than I thought they'd be. Our regulars are out shopping, so today... We're joined at the card table by Amy and Maggie from the popular Thinker Themer YouTube channel to help us get the board games that will have our families giggling instead of groaning this holiday season. Stick around for not one, but two top five lists. First, games about money or economics. Second, the best games to play with friends or family, especially those black-hearted weirdos, the non-gamers. Oh yeah, and halfway through, you can count on me rolling in with my trivia question. And now a guy who's helping you play the game of life and win, it's Joe Saul Seahawk. Well, thank you, Doug, and happy holiday weekend, stackers, if you're in the United States. If you're anywhere else, happy Friday, right? Welcome to another episode of the Stacky Benjamin Show. I am Joe Salcihi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. This is a very special episode. I'm here. No OG. Doug uh, knows that it's light duty for him today because today we're all about board games. A long time ago, what happened was we realized that very few people were listening to Money Talk on the day after Thanksgiving. And that's when I realized this needed to be a really special episode. Of course, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know how much I love board games. My family decided when I was in seventh grade to no longer have a television, that we would just not get one. I remember pulling into the, this is an old guy story, but I remember pulling into the TV dealership, right? There's old guy right there. And my parents go in and leave the kids in the car with the window down Another old guy moment that should not happen today and (laughs) happened, I feel like, regularly then and came out. And I think they just decided it was too expensive. And you know what happened? A love of all things games began. Our family began communicating better. My grades went up. 
in school and I began this uh, love affair with just everything game. So this is now our annual board game episode and one of our most listened to episodes every year. So I'm super excited. If you're new to the family, welcome to Stacking Benjamins. This is a little bit different than usual, but we're going to give you two top five lists, as Doug said earlier. You know, though, before we get to the board games, there was some goodness I wanted to talk to you about first, Stackers. Uh, how about this? This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Wasn't that goodness? Maybe not board games, but a lot of fun. Let's get into it with Amy and Maggie from Thinker Themer. Here we go. And I'm so happy that we finally got them here halfway across the world from us. Amy and Maggie from Thinker Themer are here. How are you two? We are so great. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, excited to be here. Well, thank you for getting up early on a Saturday for me. I, I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. We often actually do a lot of board game content early in the morning before our day job. So it's not different for us. So yeah, thanks <laughs> you for staying up late. Get the voice warmed up and going and then we're good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I would like to talk to you because a lot of people are interested in starting a side hustle, but that's another time. Maybe we'll have you back and talk about this side gig and creating this channel that's gone really, really well. We told people in the open about how Board Game Geek just did a kind of a spotlight on you, and I've just been a big fan for a long time. I do want to ask you about this because a lot of our, a lot of our listeners are not board game players. How did you two get involved in board games? Like in, in, in most relationships, one person is like the instigator. <laughs> And then the other yeah. person might be dragged into it. Is that the two of you? Well, it was actually it was like one of Amy's friends was the uh, the person that introduced us. We sort of went went over for games night, and they brought out this game called Splendor, which is one of the very well known gateway games. That kind of it's all about kind of like gem collecting, but it's a very very clever, very simple to get into, but quite 
crunchy to, to master type game. And we just loved it. And then over a series of date night uh, or game date nights with these friends, they introduced us to like more and more games, another one called Dominion, another one called Ticket to Ride. And we were like, what is this? This is amazing. We need to know everything about this. And we actually both got into like we were both discovered the hobby at the same time and we both got like incredibly obsessed straight away so it was actually quite lucky in a way because we have someone to share it but it's unlucky because there's no one to kind of hold us back <laughs> enable <laughs> one another a bit too much so yeah that's how we got into is it is that what well i have to ask then in in australia because in the united states you get a tax break for things used for business so part of what I like about talking board games is I get to write all those off against my taxes. Do you do you get that too? Do you have a similar system? Yeah, yeah, it's very similar. So um, yeah, we have of course set the channel up as a bit of a, a business, not to necessarily make money, but it definitely helps uh, because we do earn some income through YouTube, uh, whether that's ad revenue or uh, the support of our wonderful community to help the channel going. So um, yes, it does make some game purchases certainly tax deductible, which is a nice little benefit. Yeah. yeah. It's that whole thing as here, it's as long as you're having to pay tax on it, which is we would because it's income, then you get to deduct things against it. And that's, you know, that's fair. I think that's fair. No, absolutely. And what a wonderful way to justify your addiction. Like, <laughs> Very <just> true. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you've been nice enough, though, to share with us today two top five lists. The first top five list that you put together for us, and thank you so much for doing this, is five games that you really like. And we'll do this kind of David Letterman style, five, four, three, two, one, where um, five games that include economics or maybe a little bit about money. So let's do those. How about our number five? Sounds great. Well, we haven't put them in any particular order, um, but oh. we'll start with... <laughs> Because they're all good for different reasons. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's and, right. Yeah. And they, they're all coming from our collection, so we love them all. But the first one is a, a bit of a classic, and um, it's a little card game called High Society, and this is by Raina Knizia. It is a game where you're playing as the French aristocrat. You're trying to collect wealth and adornment that are going to prove that you are definitely worthy of everybody's time and that the social you want everyone to be jealous and envious of you and you know the way that you achieve that in uh, French high society is through having the most luxury so that's what you're going to be spending your money on yeah and so everybody starts with a handful of cards that all have different denominations of of monetary value and you're going to be bidding on cards as they come up so someone is going to reveal the top card on a deck and that card is going to generally have a value from one to 10. And we're going to be bidding on those in order to bring them into our collection of adornments. And ultimately the main goal is that you're trying to have the highest number of points at the end of the game. But the trick is the person who spends the most is eliminated from the game Which at the sense. end of the game. If you have the least amount of money, you're you're going to immediately be kicked out of high society because you might have all the luxuries, but everyone knows, yeah, yeah your no bank balance yeah. is yeah. really low. So it's a really intense balance between how much do I need to acquire all these goods versus, oh, am I spending too much money? Am I going to be the person with the lot with the least amount of money in the end? Yeah. So you're kind of also checking out things around the table and yeah. there's a randomization of the end game as well so you don't know when the game is going to end so you're still 
thinking, well, do I have enough points to win at this point? So there, it's it's very, very difficult, tough choices. The other thing that I love about it is there's also some of the cards are faux pas, so like scandals or things that you don't want. And so that round, right. yeah, that round is hilarious because now you're actually bidding to not get that. So, so <laughs> everyone's like throwing money to make that problem go away, sort of thing. And so it's the person who can't uh, or won't pay for that to go away. That ends up getting these uh, usually other negative points or something that's going to half their score. And so it just creates an incredible dynamic and tense and hilariousness around the table. I, I absolutely enjoy it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a lot of laughs playing this game. And really, this is a game, you talked earlier, Maggie, about gateway games. This is a very easy game for people to understand. Like you can take this over to a friend's house and they'll get it. Yes. Yeah. It is a, a favor of my mom's, actually. Yes. So. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> yes. Well, and also to your point, I think my favorite part is when those cards come up of the things you don't want. Like that is my favorite part where you're like, oh, God, no, please. No, 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 no. I do not need that. Yeah. yeah. And you lose all your money making problems go away and it doesn't advance you in the game at all. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a great game. Yeah. It feels like when, um, you know, your roof needs repair, you know, if, if you <laughs> yes. own your house and your roof needs repair, you're like, this does nothing for my lifestyle, but if I don't do something about it, then <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Things are going to get exponentially worse. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's a fantastic one. What's next? Uh, well, the next one is a little bit of a bigger game. So we're going straight from yeah. accessible card game to uh, uh, what is known as probably a Euro-style game. So it's Ooh. a little bit heavier. Um, and this game is Newsford. Uh, I've so never in- played this game. It is a beautiful cover, though. This is a beautiful cover. Yeah, it is a beautiful- this is an excellent game. And it's an excellent as well for uh, the complex, strategic Euro-style games. This is a great way into those because it's it's in a smallish kind of package and it plays fairly quickly probably plays within an hour or so you get so much of those elements of the the strategy and the complexity but i'll I'll let amy talk about it well economically you are the like you're the owner of a fishing company and so what you're trying to do is you're trying to build up your uh, fleet of ships so that you can get more fish um, and you're trying to sell those fish but you're also trying to sell shares in your company, uh, which is really interesting. Mm. So you can issue shares in your own company and you want to do that because if you don't issue shares in your company, they're going to be worth negative points at the end of the game. So yeah, you need to issue those shares. But what's really interesting is the other players around the table can purchase those shares and then you're going to have to pay fish div- dividends every time you go <laughs> you go out and you bring back a haul of fish. You're going to have to pay out proportionately to all of the investors in your fishing company. Yeah. Um, so it's just a really interesting, absolutely economic yeah. <laughs> dilemma. Because it's all like ultimately, it's sort of this concept of having um, your net worth. So it's a combination of shares. Um, it's a combination of the buildings that you manage to to build based on all that that money that you're able to kind of accumulate along the way. But also, you can buy shares in other people's companies, and then you're actually getting those fish from other, you know, from the other from the other companies. You can even buy back your own shares if if they are available. And so you're then you know just like when you buy back your own shares, you get to keep more of the profit. But you, when you buy them back, there's no there's no negative because it's already you know they've been sold. It's all you're buying them for a good reason. So I just love how much they've managed. And it has also an excellent solo mode, I should say. So if you're um, out there wondering, oh, I don't really have anyone to play something like this with, 
you can play the solo and it's an excellent, very, very streamlined way to play. You don't have to worry about any kind of complicated AI or robot to facilitate. It's just beautifully, simply done. This game wasn't at all on my radar. And now I'm like, okay, take my wallet. (laughs) Just take my wallet because this sounds totally (laughs) like me. But I love the idea. So what you're saying, I think, so Amy, if you're winning the game and I think you're doing really well, I can buy into that winning, right? By buying shares of your company. I mean, if you're doing really well, then I share in that. Yeah, you get only opportunities as and when I decide to issue shares. And so if I put them out there onto the board, then you have the opportunity to snap them up. Um, And there's lots of other elements in the game too. Um, You know, you are clearing forests so that you can build buildings that are going to help you, you know, get other resources and continue your journey as, um, you know, to build more ships and and to get help from elders. So it's it's much more complex than just the issue, uh, issuing of shares, but uh, that certainly is a really interesting component of the game. But this one is much more for somebody that wants a little bit of a deeper dive, I would imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But this designer, Uwe Rosenberg, I mean, he's done multiple people over the years have talked about another game of his that's much more accessible. And I don't want to preview, maybe this is coming up later, but Bonanza, his bean trading game. Like tons of people have talked about that game. Very different game. Very different. That is not on our list, but now I wish it was because we absolutely love that game. Yes. It's hilarious. And it's just this like back and forth. And, you know, I've got stink bean, you know, who wants my stink bean? Or who wants my coffee bean? It's a, it's a, it's a hilarious negotiation. It's a shedding game. You're just trying to sell things to people who don't want them. (laughs) Also hilarious if you're not in the room, if you're kind of overhearing people talking about it and sharing, like trading beans. It's just apparently it's a hilarious conversation to overhear. No, Maggie, it's funny when you said, who wants my stink bean? My dad loves this game and he shortened it to just, who wants my stink? Who wants my stink? And we're like, no, (laughs) nobody wants your stink. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah, That's a a classic dad thing to do. Yes. For for everybody listening, I'll just throw that in the show notes too a lot. But oh my goodness, I love the idea of being able to buy other people's shares in a game. Mm. That's so, so, so fun. But anyway, what is next, ladies? Okay. What is next? Next, we have one that is a two-player game, so head-to-head, and it's called Radlands. Ah. Radlands takes place in this post-apocalyptic world where everything has been ravaged and the currency now and all that really matters is water. So droplets of water are actually the equivalent of money. So that's what you're using to, to build things, to uh, acquire or recruit people, to pay them for the things that they're doing. And what you're going to be doing is you're going to be protecting, essentially, both players are going to be protecting their three camps, uh, which is where you're going to be holding, essentially, that's where obviously your, your water, uh, your precious water is being held. So You've got these three camps and in front of them, you're going to be placing cards so that as you're getting attacked, those cards are the ones getting attacked instead of your, your camp at the end getting attacked. And those cards that you're going to be placing, there are your, the people that you're recruiting, you're kind of different versions of either um, different skills. Like some of them are fighters. Some of them are things that allow you to heal other things or recover. But the interesting thing about this is, again, as you're using like water so or the currency is so scarce that you, every turn is so excruciating, going, oh, what am I going to do? Am I going to try and get more people? Am I going to activate some of the people that I have? Um, am I going to try and attack? Do I have to try and prepare for an onslaught that's coming? The other thing that you can do is you can set events in motion. So you can kind of, um, there's these cards that then once you activate them, they take a few kind of sometimes turns or sometimes uh, time to get closer and closer to 
creating something really bad for your opponent. So as the opponent, you start seeing that thing coming. You're like, how am I going to mitigate against that? And sometimes you have a round or two. Sometimes you don't have a lot of uh, time. So it's just, it's an excellent, again, fairly, fairly straightforward game to get into. Cause it's just, it's just really cards and those tokens for, for the water. And it's just beautiful. The artwork and the cards is just so fluorescent and so almost like, um, yeah, that sort of neon punk look. And it's just such a fun, tense, exciting experience. The deluxe uh, edition that came with Kickstarter, I believe the retail edition actually comes in a smaller box mm -hmm. that it comes in because the version that we have has neoprene mats as well. But it can also come in this because it's just cards oh, wow. really. So it can come in this format. So cards and the and the tokens inside. And it's just an excellent, excellent two-player game. This very much has a Mad Max feel to the artwork. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And the idea that water is the resource that is scarce uh, is hitting a little close to home in the American West. Like that's a little, mm, yeah. little too close to home. But isn't that a hallmark of a great game? Like when I watch your videos... I feel like when money is scarce, right? When, when you really have mm -hmm. to make these tough money decisions, for me, that seems like a hallmark of a really good game. Absolutely. And the hallmark of life really, isn't it? <laughs> the trade-offs, the tension, the tension of life. Yeah. Do I buy another board game or do I pay that bill? <laughs> it just really makes those, uh, yeah, those moments really, it makes you appreciate them even more when you manage to actually, you know, get that thing. They're like, oh, I worked so hard for it. And here it is finally. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that is a little too close to home there too. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of that game. I've never, ever heard of it. And now I can't wait to try it out. What, what, what is next? So the other one, actually, yeah. we don't have it to show because it's, 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 it's behind me somewhere. I, I, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to, because it's a massive, massive box. So it's called Magnate the First City. So this one is for anyone who loves the real estate component of Monopoly, but oh. hates Monopoly. Yeah, this is, uh, in my opinion, the single best real estate game that has ever hit a table of mine. This might be in all our years of doing this, the first time somebody's recommended. Besides maybe for sale, but this may be the first real real estate game that we've. I can't think of another real estate game, but anyway, mm -hmm. it is such a pure real estate joy of a game to the point where if you don't like real estate stay away from this game because <laughs> this is like it just harnesses that so beautifully the whole game is about you have all these plots of land and you're you know at the start of it you're trying to time the market you want to make sure that you buy those plots of land when the market is low so you can grab up some bargains there then you're going to be building buildings there and you actually even get to decide the type of building and you're going to go industrial commercial residential wow and depending on what they're near or next to they're going to make them more worthwhile or more valuable or less valuable so if you're near parklands then of course residential is going to love it um if you're near an industrial complex residential is not going to be it's not going to do so well because there's you know so the adjacencies are important and then the um when you're bringing in tenants as well because you can bring different lots of tenants the tenants are going to pay more based on again what is it adjacent to what other buildings are around that are that are kind of synergistic with them and then this is the best bit but the point where you start seeing okay you know i've got my buildings they're tenanted the market's about to crash or it's at a peak then you want to sell 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 because then at that point as you're selling you're getting so much money and eventually the the game kind of ends after it there's this peak in the market and then there's the inevitable crash 
that happens. And at that point, if you've held on to your properties for too long, they can be worth very little. They're still worth yeah. something, but very little. Yeah. And, and when you're selling your properties, you're actually contributing to the crash as yes. well. So, yeah, um, you know, it, it peaks and then everyone around the table is kind of eyeing off each other. And yeah. You're like, are you going to sell off all of your property? <laughs> <laughs> because if you are, I am. <laughs> so clever. And even the way they use advertisement. So you can do advertising to like attract more people and, and get the value up. But again, as the value goes up, then that impending crash is getting closer and closer. So, so clever. A lot, obviously, it's this one's a little bit heavier sure. than some of the other games that we've that we've talked about. But if you love real estate, this was going to be a well worthwhile getting into. Yeah, the other thing, and you know, a hark back to Monopoly is that gamers, board gamers, are a bit funny about paper money. Mm-hmm. So having money represented by bits of paper, just like in Monopoly. Yeah. Uh, no, gamers are not into that because it's not very long-lasting. Um, and and usually they yeah. like the metal coins and metal coins or poker chips, that yeah. type of thing is usually used in board gaming. But this game has paper money. And at first we were like, mm, not sure about that. But in this game, you get a wallet that stores all of the paper money and keeps it hidden um, from your opponent so they don't know how much money you're sitting on. And this wallet just gets fatter and fatter and fatter. <laughs> so and it is so satisfying to feel so rich. Yes. <laughs> yeah, or the opposite, when it's very thin. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, no. We're done, but all my money is tied up in the buildings. And I know that my payday will come when I, you know, finally, like, sell those buildings or when you know my passive income will come when the new round starts and I get to uh, charge rent to all my tenants so it's just so well executed it's an excellent game so it's magnate a first city I think there's so many of our fans that are going to love that when we have so many people interested in real estate that listen to the show I do have a question about Mm -hmm. it though when you talk about the economic cycle and the inevitable crash is that at the same time every game or is it no is it random or can we kind of it sounds like you can kind of see it coming though yeah, so it's not random. This is what makes it so clever. It's not random. It's determined by the actions that players are doing. And the, so again, the more things, the more the market is active, um, and the more advertising is happening and the more. So it's actually the dynamics yeah. that are playing out in that particular game that are going to speed up or slow down that, that market crash. That's cool. Like we've had here in the U.S. kind of an overheated, probably the same there, have had an overheated real estate market mm-hmm. that will help bring about the crash, you know, so as people are, are buying, buying, yeah. buying. Yeah. In Melbourne, actually, we have one of the highest costs of real estate in the world. I think it's in the top five now. <laughs> um, and so it's a little close to home. We were playing this with my sister and she was like, this game is a little bit triggering because I'm never going to get into the property market. And this is why, you know, so yeah, at least you get to buy it in the make-believe uh, board game. So yeah. You get to feel rich for a yeah. moment. So yeah. Or, or just come move to a little tiny town in Texas right here, mom's basement mm-hmm. where we make podcasts. And it's a, it's because, because we're, we are nowhere near the top five, nowhere near. Mm-hmm. These have been fantastic. And I love the fact that I have never heard of three of them, which is awesome. Let's uh, dive into the fifth one. Well, the fifth and final one, uh, complete opposite of Magnate. Um, If you can't make money, well, you might as well go digging for some. So it's a card game called, or it's what's called a roll and write or a flip and write uh, called silver and gold. And what we mean by roll and write, if you haven't heard of that term before, is a fairly new genre of board games where everybody has a pen or a pencil and you're trying to mark something off on a piece of paper in front of you. 
and all of the different games have different objectives. In this particular one, you are trying to scan islands for treasure. And the way that you're going to be looking for that treasure is you're going to be crossing off shapes on different island cards that are in front of you. And those shapes, if you're familiar with Tetris, uh, polyomino shapes, so those Tetris piece shapes, are going to be drawn from a deck and that deck is randomized. And so you might get, uh, you know, that L piece shape and you've got to mark that off on one of your islands. And the objective is to fit all of these shapes onto the islands and complete them because when you complete them, they're going to be worth points at the end of the game and then you get to draft a new island. And of course, in treasure hunting style, there are gold coins that you can collect along the way. So if you're successful in covering up these gold coins, they're going to be filling up your bag of coins until you reach a certain amount and then you're going to get a trophy and that trophy is a little bit of a race element with the people around the table because the sooner you can fill up your bag with coins the higher the amount of points that you're going to get for doing so. Um, There's also this really fun combo feel to the game because you can cross off these little red X's Mm -hmm. and they're going to allow you to then cross off any square on any of your islands. So if you can get that momentum going where you can, you know, cross off a lot of things at once, that's what's really kind of fun about the game. Um, But it's a really straightforward game that is really family friendly, very easy to get into, very easy to teach and just get going and very like one of those very fun plays fairly quickly. And most of the time people go, okay, again, let's do that again. That was fun. Yeah. Often these type of games can be played with large numbers of people. I mean, the number of people could play this is 99. Is this the same? Um, It's a bit limited. It's just limited by the markers and the number Uh, of cards. So this one only plays up to four. But if you get a couple of copies, so you have more markers Mm. and you have a few more cards, you can add multiple copies together and increase the player count if you wanted to. I've had an an analogy that I've used for this type of game, and I don't know if you'll agree with this. uh, So feel free to strongly disagree. But it just feels to me... What I like about this game, there's a little bit of a bingo element where you you like turn over a thing and then everybody decides where it goes. It's kind of like bingo for people with a brain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is absolutely a great way to explain it. I also love bingo. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I will not hear a bad word about bingo. And also in this one, there's choice. Because in bingo, it's like, it's just about, you know, making sure that I, I capture, you know, the numbers that came out. And this one, you, you yeah, there's, there's like, well, where am I going to put it? And in what shape and in what form? So, yes, there's that element of like, oh, which one came out? But also, yeah, what are my, what are my decisions? What decisions am I going to make? Yeah, that everyone going to- has the same shape and you're all doing different (laughs) things with it i love that you know it's kind of pure information and it's just Mm -hmm. about who can use that information the best in the best way which i like that creates these great conversations i mean part of what i like about board games versus a video game let's say is that they're so communal that you can sit across a table from people and have these wonderful discussions but you know when i play this type of game at the end of the game we're all talking about how we made different decisions with that same information yes. and that's kind of oh i put it over there and that's where i screwed up you know yeah it's just super Absolutely. fun well those are fantastic we will link to all of amy and maggie's top five here on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com in just a moment we're gonna have you ladies come back and you know for a lot of people they go to target they go to walmart And around this time of year, try to play games with friends and family. And if you don't know what to buy, you might make a really bad decision. So Amy and Maggie are going to help us not waste money and uh, make some better decisions when we buy games around the holidays. 
Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. I just took a shin kick from a kindergartner over an LOL surprise OMG remix pop BB fashion doll. Luckily, seems like she skipped arm day because I still wrestled it from her in the end. Whew. Okay. Where were we? Oh, board games. So you probably know where all the places in Monopoly are, such as Atlantic Avenue, Park Place, and Boardwalk. But my question is, where is Marvin Gardens in real life? I'll be back right after I ice down my bones and strap on some more protective gear to head back out for more Black Friday fun. You may be out shopping today. But I am playing games. And you know why both of us are doing those things? Because we have the freedom to do it. And that's because of our veterans. But companies rarely thank veterans in a way that's meaningful. Well, at Navy Federal Credit Union, every day is Veterans Day. They thank veterans in a way that's very meaningful with resources like the VA Loans Hub and Best Cities After Service. They offer veteran employment assistance partnerships with nonprofits like The Mission Continues, They're a top VA home loan lender, offer personal finance counseling, and they offer 24-7 member service. They have a growing community of over 1.8 million veterans like you. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash veterans. That's NavyFederal.org slash veterans. Insured by NCUA, an equal housing lender. Well, you know, when I think about Navy Federal, I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country And I also think about some of our active service members want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine. And my nephew, Nathan, is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equalizing lender. Hey there, stackers. I'm shopper and karate chopper, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. All right, I got to confess that this was a trick question. Marvin Gardens with an E is near Atlantic City, but you'll notice in Monopoly, it's spelled with an I. In real life, here's what happened. There was a typo on the game board, and they just left it. So Marvin Gardens versus Marvin Gardens. Yeah, Marvin Gardens of Monopoly fame doesn't exist. And now, with a top five list to help us figure out which games we should bring to our holiday party so we don't waste Benjamins, back to Amy and Maggie from Thinker Themer. All right, we're here with our second half of our discussion with Team Thinker Themer. Before we get back to this second idea that we have about not wasting our money on games and making good choices uh, of buying games, we play them with non-gamers, with friends and family, stuff that's fun around the holidays as we get together with lots of people. I want to ask you about Thinker Themer 
and about how you guys decided that are you truly Amy just all about the thinking the mechanics of the game and the theme is irrelevant like what the game you could be trading stuff or making wine or who cares and Maggie are you really just all about the theme and who cares about the mechanical parts that's such a good question. When we came up with Thinkathema, it was really just trying to place a label on what we were starting to see with our game preferences. Like we would play games together and for the longest time. We, you know, enjoyed the same types of games as we got further into the hobby. I was like, why do I love this so much? And you just hate it and vice versa. And also in our real life, I am very much a I guess, uh, bottom up type thinker. Like I have to start in the detail, in the weeds before I can grasp like the bigger picture. Whereas Maggie is, she's extremely spiritual, extremely like all about the meaning of life. Like, you know, big picture. Yeah. What's that? Big picture. So we actually fundamentally different in this way. And that translates through to the way that we enjoy and play games. So I grew up with chess. I'm very happy to sit down for an entirely themeless, um, abstract game, uh, whereas Maggie hates those style, oh, that yeah, style of I game. She has, because there's no meaning to it. There's no reason for being. There's no. There's no thematic bigger picture. I'm like, but why? Why is why this happening? Am I doing this? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess the games that we both enjoy the most are ones where the two come together. So when there's a purpose or a, a strong theme, and then that plays out with the mechanics of the game. So you actually feel like you're doing what you're meant to be doing. So those are definitely our favorite games because it brings us both together in competition. Of course. (laughs) Yeah, because you guys also very famously for your fans that your fans know you guys don't like co-op games. Like you don't like games where you're on the same team. You want to be at each other's throat. We realize that unless there's a real big element of tension, like for example, sand timers. So we seem to do fine with co-op games where there's a lot of pressure that you have to complete things before the sign timer runs out or before a, a beeper goes off because it's like, you know, your countdown has finished. So I think a big part of that is we what we don't tend to enjoy is sort of like sitting around negotiating what's going to be the best thing or what am I going to do? What are you going to do? It's like, okay, we're in we're in no time to talk yeah we're in this is crisis mode we need to like problem solve we're very efficient and there's still that tension and so that yeah that seems to work for us that's funny well they say that's what yeah yeah they say opposites attract so there you go maybe that's (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe that's it Well, help us out here because I know you've made bad. I know when I was first uh, starting to collect a few games in my 20s, I I jumped on eBay and I just made some horrible decisions, just bought some just crappy games, horrible stuff. And then I learned about Board Game Geek. And then now we've got great channels like Thinker Themer where we can go and we can learn about a game and decide if we like it or not. But for the two of you, what are maybe five games that we could safely go to the store or jump on Amazon or wherever we buy from and not make a bad decision with people that don't play games much? Yeah, well, we've tried to focus on games for the holiday season, games that bring everybody together. And we've got a few great ones here. Um, Interestingly, on our channel, Maggie is known for not enjoying fun. Um, (laughs) I don't like games that have a lot of fun, that are just like fun and funny. And like, I don't like it. That's a hilarious thing because I'm a fun person. Honestly, and that's not true. I'm not a fun person. That's really why. Like, I'm a happy person. (laughs) 
but I don't like fun. <laughs> I like funny things and I will laugh very easily, but I don't enjoy, yeah, sitting around a table, like just having something silly. Like I'll do it for a little bit, but I want to kind of like sink my teeth into something meaningful. I feel like strategic things. What's it about? Yeah. Like, but why? Yeah. Yeah. So the idea of a party game in general, which is what you're going to play, is not your thing. Like, no, no thanks. Not my thing at all. Leave me out yeah, of the party so, game. But I have to say the ones we've chosen, Maggie does yeah. enjoy. Yeah. But this list might be dominated a little bit by my favorites and because only <laughs> like 90% will say this is Amy's. Yeah. I'm also the uh, extrovert in our relationship as well. So I certainly, games for me, the biggest part of it is seeing everybody else enjoy it around the table too. So just that, as with that all out of yeah, sorry. Yeah, actually, I was just going to say that it may seem, you know, th- this joke is old now, but uh, I like the idea that Maggie puts the FU in fun. So just. <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard that before. <laughs> that joke didn't make it to Australia. Oh, I know. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's jump in, Amy. What do you got? Okay. I have a recent game um, from this year, actually. Uh, a game called Clients. And Joe, in our emails backwards and forwards, this was one that you had mentioned <laughs> that you had seen on the channel and you wanted to give it a go because we've been talking about it so much. But this little game really caught us by surprise. One of the reasons is because Kites is a cooperative game. Mm-hmm. So in this game, you are all working together, but you are trying to keep a series of kites in the sky and those kites are represented by sand timers. So you have all of these different colored sand timers in front of the group. And then what the group is going to be doing is one by one in turn order, you are going to be placing a card from your hand down onto the table. And that card will have a different colored kite represented, sometimes one, sometimes two. And when you play that card, it's going to mean that the sand timer gets flipped And so what you're doing is you're extending the time of that kite being in the sky. And collectively, you don't have all of the colors of the kites in your hand. So you need to be talking, communicating the whole time. You know, I I can just hurry up and take your turn because I can save the blue one. Just get back back to my turn. In a cooperative way. Yeah. Yeah. And if at any point one of the kites falls from the sky, game over, you lose as a team. But if you manage to keep them all up in the sky and get rid of everybody's cards in their hands as well as the cards um, in the deck that you are redrawing from then you're all going to win as a group so it's definitely an all win or all lose style game you can also increase the complexity in the game by adding in some advanced cards into the deck that are going to really confuse things so there's one called aeroplane mode and when someone picks up that card they have to play it on the next turn they say aeroplane mode and that means nobody can talk for the next round silent yeah (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like trying to like, oh, could someone please yeah. that timer? Yeah. Just uh, yeah, nudge towards it. And then there's also a card that will make, force you to swap cards yeah, uh, with the person. Lines. Yeah, the person yeah. next to and you. The best one is the storm. A storm is coming. is coming. So when you get this card, you say a storm is coming, and on the next turn you have to play it. And what it does is it flips every sand timer, no matter and where, how low or high they may be. Yeah. And one of the complications of the game is that all of the different colored kites have a different amount of sand in them. So mm. some of them, uh, you know, need to be flipped more often. It's just extremely chaotic. It's super stressful. And what a better way to bring people together. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's a real energizer. Like it's one of those, like we play this at like one in the morning when everyone is just so out of it and tired. And by the end of it, everyone's so full of adrenaline that they're like, all right, we're, I'm ready for a three hour game now. Like, yeah. It's better than a shot of coffee, essentially. The big thing that caught my eye uh, watching the two of you go over it, two things. The first thing was you were maybe, I don't know, three minutes into your description of how to play. And I got it. Like, this is a very easy game to teach. Number yes. Well, you're great at teaching games, but I think it is easy for anybody to teach, which, as you know, with, with people that don't play a lot of games, people go, oh, I don't want the rules. Ugh, I just don't want to read the rules. Yeah. Mm, but then absolutely. number two about this game, it's so pretty. It is just yes. the, it is pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the artist by an artist called Beth Sobel, who is uh, quite famous in um, the board game realm uh, for doing beautiful artwork across a number of different, you know, themes. And, yeah. and the, the kite artwork is just gorgeous. Yeah, it is stunning. Good. So if your holiday event isn't stressful enough, guys, go buy kites. So, <laughs> cut, cut that. I'm, Just add, add some more sand timers into the mix. Yeah, that's right. There's some there's some relatives that I end up going to have to eat with over the holiday season. Where I wish we had a sand timer on their stories. That would be cool. <laughs> Like, oh, I was loving that story, but the time we're out. Moving on to the so, next person. So sorry. Thank you, Uncle Roger. <laughs> so sorry. All right, what 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 is next in the in the basket of goodness here? So the next one is a beautiful game. This now, is gorgeous. And this is brand new too. This is brand new. It's called Flamecraft. This is a gorgeous production, much bigger box. So this is not the one that you kind of just, you know, crack open and in, in between family events. This is one of those that you want to, you know, we want to have the table and you want to have some time to kind of sit down and play it. But in this game, Flamecraft, you are a flame keeper. And what that means is you can actually communicate with dragons. But these are not your, you know, your stock standard, uh, destructive, mean dragons. These are their cousins who are just so beautifully gentle and artistic. And so they are artisan dragons. And so you're essentially in this beautiful town with all these lovely little dragons who all, all they want to do is make crafts. And so there's all these different shops and you're going to be essentially matching the best dragon to the best shops so that they can help with, you know, flaming things, making glass, making, uh, helping. Yeah. They're, helping, they're basically hipster they're dragons. They're hipster dragons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, it's kind of, and, and so, so every component of this is just so beautiful as well. It's one of those beautifully aesthetic experiences. It's very, it's fairly light uh, in terms of the complexity to get into. And it is a good way of teaching gamers about the mechanic of, of what we call worker placement, which is you're kind of taking uh, your worker or your kind of key dragon, putting them in one of the shops and then activating different things. Either, either getting things from that shop or the ingredients or fulfilling what we call a recipe essentially in that area, which again, either means that you can attract more dragons to that to that shop uh, or give you points in different ways. And so it's a fairly, um, from a theme point of view and just from like a table presence point of view, it's just beautiful. Yeah, I think young and old will really enjoy this, but mm-hmm. it's just a great gateway game. You know, we're always looking for ways to bring more people into the hobby of board gaming. And this one has that table presence mm-hmm. to bring people in, but it's also not that complex, but it teaches yeah. you little elements that, you know, you can then take and, and kind of level up your board gaming uh, sophistication. <laughs> yes. What's the minimum age that's listed on the box? Do you know? 
Um, the minimum age is 10. And one of the things that I learned about the, that when you see the minimum age, this was one of the things that got me once. I was like, oh, I remember seeing, I think before it's like there's minimum age 12 or 14. And I thought, oh, that means that it's a really complex and, you know, a heavier type game. And that's not what it is. A lot of times the age apparently is more to do with the level of testing that they've done, that they've put into, which is an investment in terms of from the publisher side, because apparently there's particular types of cognitive type testing and even, um, uh, what do you call it? Sort of like that, that for example, to, to make sure that kids are going to, that's going to be safe for particular ages, but also that they're going to be able to manage some of the components and things like that. So even though this is 10 and up, I think you could potentially play it with younger kids. I probably wouldn't play this with toddlers, but yeah, yeah like I think, you know, someone in like eight, you know, mm. eight plus would be fine. With and and that by the dragons. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I guess that's more of a word of warning of like with the, with the age, when it sort of shows the age, obviously one element is safety, yeah. particularly for the, yeah. the younger age groups in terms of components, because it does have small components and they all will say, this is not a toy. Like these are not toys. They're components for a board game. But yeah, I feel like, you know, a, a seven-year-old, eight-year-old would be able to play that. I took one of these back in the back, you know, I mean, I've been doing this forever and we used to have to buy board games that we liked, you know, these super nerdy games directly from Germany. So I had this game that came from Germany and a relative's toddler chewed on one of my cards. Oh, and back then you yeah. couldn't get another, you know, you just couldn't get another one. There was just, there wasn't going to be another one. So we had to yeah. figure out some silly rule. But I did yeah. just have that moment of, am I worried about the toddler or the card? Like I actually, <laughs> in my mind, I was like, <laughs> do you know what? That's terrible, uh, isn't it? Do you know what, you know what's crappy, Amy? This is totally horrible. Cheryl, my spouse, got angry at me because I was upset about the card. I was not at all <laughs> upset about the toddler. I'm like, this came game. all the way from Germany. <laughs> On a ship. Yeah. Like, I literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. I order this thing. It comes like two and a half months later, right? And it cost a bajillion dollars, and mm. three weeks later, my relative's kid is chewing on the card. And I'm, oh, anyway. Toddler's yeah. not from Germany, so. Anyway. No, one yeah. star. The toddler just came from down the road. It's like, <laughs> which is more exotic here? I know, <laughs> come on, come on. And Cheryl's like, everybody in the room could tell that you could care less about this kid's health. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm so, I am an evil, uh, evil Is that the, there's being. a loud noise? Which one do you reach out to protect? That's it's right. like, you're startled. It's like, oh. Protect the game. Yes. And the kid's just like, oh, seriously? Back to Flamecraft, though, I think the word cute comes to mind first for mm-hmm. me when I see this board. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and board gaming uh, traditionally, and, and probably certainly at the time when you were importing games from Germany, a lot of the themes are not very diverse. So there's a lot of fantasy. There's, um, you know, a lot Which of very sci fi. Like, and, and if you're not into those themes, and we're actually not. It's, it's quite hard to find games that have something different. And this, you know, artisan dragons with their little oh. stalls in a village that could not be more different. And it's just, and it's so great to see games like that, you know, big games like Wingspan as well, you know, which is all about bird collecting and bird watching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, those kind of games are just opening up the hobby to so many uh, new gamers, which is really exciting. Yeah, I love that. Hipster dragons, I think, Amy, was a good phrase. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what is next in the bag of goodness? Well, the next one is an absolute favorite of mine. I'm pretty much known for always buying copies of this and sharing it uh, when I go to cons and things. It's a little tiny game 
called Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. And uh, when you asked about the list, of course, I always want to share this game and talk about this game. Any um, excuse. Any excuse. <laughs> Someone asked for the time. She's like, have you heard of Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza? He's like, I know, but that's not what I asked. And by the way, for people not watching us on YouTube right now, you can see Maggie rolling her eyes as she's saying that. <laughs> You can totally see her rolling. I didn't around. realize I was rolling my eyes. I feel like you're just playing from deep down my soul. Yeah. <laughs> but this game uh, is well. It's really easy to find, so that is a great reason to put it on this list. When we've traveled in America, we've found it in the airport stores. We've found it in Walgreens. There's, you know, Target. Everywhere, everywhere, everywhere has this game. But this little game is really simple to teach. You are simply going to have a pile of cards in front of each player and they are going to, on their turn, turn it over and say the next word in the sequence, taco, cat, goat, cheese, pizza. So one of those words, one at a time, as we go around the table, people will just be chanting that. So if it's my turn, I'll say taco. Maggie will then say cat. And we keep moving around the table saying that. But the interesting thing is you're also going to be flipping a card out of your deck. And if the word you say matches the image, so if I say taco and I am flipping a card that has a taco on it, everybody has to slap the pile of cards in the center. And if you do that last, you are going to have to take all of the cards. And obviously the objective in this game is to get rid of all of your cards Now, there's a few little twists in the game that make this a bit more complex. First of all, a lot of the shapes look a lot like each Mm -hmm. other. So the cheese looks a lot like the pizza. Mm -hmm. Um, So you've got to be very sure that you know what you're slapping. And if you are going to go for it and slap the pile of cards, then you want to be sure because if you flinch or hesitate, you're also going to have to take the pile of cards. So you've got to be very careful about that. Then there are these three special cards in the deck that are hidden somewhere in the piles of cards. Um, One is a gorilla where as soon as that comes out, everybody has to beat their chest. Yes, go gorilla and like beat your chest. And if you're the last person to do that, guess what? You're also taking the cards. Um, There's a narwhal where you have to make the, you know, the horn on the top of your head. head. Yeah. And then there is a groundhog where you need to beat the table. Yeah. And if you, the and obviously the groundhog and the gorilla look a lot alike and it's very confusing. So if you beat your chest when you're meant to be knocking on the table, well, then guess what? You also take the pile of cards. So a very fun, simple, easy game. It's silly, but it's hilarious. And this is the best game that I've found so far to bring a group of people together who don't know each other on a table and just have them laughing and all of a sudden there's this rapport and now guess what we can hit you with a heavier game so (laughs) (laughs) i do have to always warmed up whenever we talk about taco cat go cheese pizza i have to give a health uh, and safety warning because i have i have um house ruled this i hate games where you have to reach into the middle of the table with the hands and things because inevitably you get, you get the twisted fingers and the you know things that kind of go horribly wrong and every time maggie vetoes that the game i'm always saying maggie why do you hate fun so much yeah but then, so, but but so this is the thing so in my like Whenever I'm playing or whenever I'm around, I'm like, the rule is you're going to, instead of slapping, reaching towards the middle, you're slapping in front of you. It's like, so whoever slaps in front of them last, again, is the one who takes the, the pile. 
and they always give me crap about it going oh why do you have to we now have met someone who actually broke their finger really so someone someone came up to us and said hey i want to show you something yeah and i posted on our social media and saying oh like and basically maggie was right yes. and then multiple people wrote back and said that they have also had injuries playing yes. this game so if you're out there you do end up picking up this game Please be careful. Be safe. I would recommend my house rule of don't reach into the middle to kind of cover the car, just slap right in front of you. It's still very fun. Just it's still yeah. It's still fun, which means that I still don't enjoy it because it's still too fun. <laughs> I like watching it play. I like watching people playing it. I was thinking that too, that this would be a fun game at a bigger party if you've got a group of people playing it, like for people just standing around watching would be super fun. But I like how the thinker-themers come with a game that has an injury warning. Like, that's pretty badass. (laughs) Pretty badass. Well, the game itself doesn't. I bring the warning (laughs) because I have... First, as a as a nurse myself, I had had concerns about it, and then my fears were confirmed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now I feel very vindicated (laughs) going, yes, (laughs) be safe. I was traveling around the country on my book tour this summer, and I went to 40 different cities. But when I was in Atlanta, somebody, one of our fans, and and I'm sure he's listening to this because he loves board games. He actually liked this so much. He came up to me at the event and he sent me this game. So I have this. Ah. I have this oh, because somebody amazing. in our stacker community, Amy, is just like you. He and, he and you. He's, Hello, he said, let's be friends. If you're listening, <laughs> let's be friends. Yes. He was so adamant that I had to play this game. And you're right. It's fantastic. And there is actually a Chris, there's a Christmas edition. There's a Halloween edition. Oh. And there are many other variants of it. And of course, I have to own them all. Because um. <laughs> there's, it's like I own all the Cards Against Humanity sets and I don't play that game anymore. Like I never play well, okay. it. I'm yeah. like, oh, they have a new set. I got to buy that. Why? I, I don't gotta know. Got to buy that. Yeah. Well, the designer of this game actually knows me and not from the channel at all. No, no. Just from, oh, there's that crazy fan that always finds me <laughs> at, at, a, at a board game convention and like, you know, it has to buy something or get my pins or, yeah. Well, the way we've been chasing the two of you around, I thought you guys would think that way of me. Oh, it's the crazy podcast guy that wants us to come on. Yeah. All right. I think we have one more, right? Am I, is my math right? We got Uh, one more? We have two more. We have two two more. more. Oh my good bonus content. more. More fun. More fun. So the next one is a game called Dream Crush. I saw you talk about this just recently. Another game I have never heard of. And by the way, nothing, uh, can you hold that up for just a little bit longer for our YouTube friends? Uh, nothing turns me off more than a game that says a timeless fantasy dating game, but, 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 a timeless but, fantasy dating game, but, <laughs> a good but hearing, line. Yeah. He- hearing the two of you talk about it, this game sounds hilarious. It is. It's a really, really fun game. Sorry, Maggie. But in this game, I actually don't mind this game. This is, <laughs> yeah, so you one of the, this is the exception to the rule. Yeah. So in this game, you are on a dating show. So imagine, you know, those old school dating shows where there are three potential suitors. And these um, suitors take the form of just this, you know, a cardboard um, 
cut out that just has an illustration of someone on them, but we know nothing about these people. And what's really interesting about this game is every round, something is going to be revealed about that potential love interest. So we're going to be learning more about each of the candidates for love um, as the game goes on. And so uh, there might be something that is revealed about them that is either going to be a turn off for everybody around the table or someone around the table or a turn on maybe for some people. Um, and there are strange little facts about people. So it might be as something as benign as, you know, this candidate uh, keeps a dream journal. Some people might be really into that and others not. Or another one might be that every weekend they want you to go to a motor show with them. And some people might be like, that's great. I'm into cars. Like that could work for me. And other people are like, well, that sounds like the worst possible thing to do on a weekend. And it's like, has a cockatoo that will live 50 years and hates you. (laughs) (laughs) So so they range from, yeah, the things that you can kind of live with and other things that you're like, can I, can I live with that? I'm not sure. But um, the way the game works is... Uh, you are actually going to be trying to predict who your friends and family around the table would choose to date in every given round. So (laughs) it requires a good knowledge of the things that annoy your friends and family that would be, that would rule out these different love interests. And so Every round we're learning a little bit more information that's painting a you know broader picture of the candidate. And then I have to evaluate now, is that thing a deal breaker for Maggie? Should I is she going to swap to a different candidate based on this new information? And so the way you get points is by correctly predicting who everybody is going to date each round. And it's extremely hilarious, as you can imagine, in the table talk that goes on when someone decides to stay with someone or decides to swap, you're like, of all the things. That's the thing. That's where you draw the. <laughs> that's where you draw the line. Like, <laughs> how can you put up with this other thing? And it's just really hilarious. I will say though, this game shines the most um, with a group of people that you know really, really well. So a really close group of friends. Yeah. It can be a little bit awkward if you choose to play with your parents, for yeah. example. Maybe things that you don't want to know that come out. Like, oh no, I don't oh, no, mom. Like, I didn't yeah. know that. And also, it's not the type of game that you want to play with a group of strangers. No, it could very much. It doesn't, doesn't make yeah. sense because you don't, you know, well, you don't, don't really know them well enough. So, yeah. but it, you know, amongst the right group of people, this game is fantastic. Like people always ask to borrow our copy. Mm-hmm. It is just so much fun and a great one for the holiday season, I think. <laughs> That's fabulous. I have, again, before I saw it on your channel, I'd never heard of it. And it's on my list because uh, I know our family would have a ton of fun with that game. And the fact that it's awkward, our holidays are already awkward. So this just makes it even more delicious. That's true. <laughs> so much more. But it's, like, it's awkward in a funny way. It's yes, not because like exactly. none of it, like yeah. none of the stuff in there is like controversial or awful yeah. or confronting. It's all really silly stuff. So, yeah. All right. Well, now we have four of them. What's, I feel like I need a drum roll and I feel like I'm going to start crying because this is the end. This is the last one. <laughs> yeah, we do. We have one more and this one is for the gamers out there. Um, this game is called Cat in the Box. It is a, a game that is what we call a trick-taking game, uh, which you might, you know, you might know some of the traditional card games that are trick-taking games like Hearts. But there's been a real resurgence of those games recently, particularly coming out of Japan. Uh, Japan are really into this style of, of game where basically everybody is trying to play cards from a hand of cards 
and then win what's called a trip by um, usually having the highest played card in the suit of interest um, into the center. But Cat in the Box is really interesting. It's a twist on the trip-taking genre where all of the cards have no suit. So all you have in your hand is a handful of black cards that have different numbers on them. And what you're going to be doing is you're going to be trying to win tricks by allocating that card a suit as you play it down in front of you. So all players have a little cardboard uh, rectangle that depicts four different suit colors on there and you're going to be playing the card down. So if I have an eight, I might play it next to yellow and it be like, this is now an uh, yellow eight. Then there is a board in the center that represents all of the possible uh, colors and their numbers um, in front of you, usually from one to eight or one to nine, depending on the play account. And what you're going to be doing is placing one of your tokens out to cover off that yellow eight. So now the yellow eight is out of the round and nobody else can ever play the yellow eight again. So instead of having a full deck of cards, the board represents the full deck of cards. But yeah, so it's quite interesting. But what's interesting as well is that there will be four eights shown on the board, but actually there are five eights in the cards in people's hands. And so what you're trying not to do is get stuck with a card that you can't play or cards that you can't play in the board of choices, because if that happens, you're going to cause what's called a paradox and you are going to basically end the round, but then every trick you've won so far during that round is going to be worth negative points. Oh, no. So you don't want to be that person. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's actually based on a really interesting theory, this game, thematically. I can never say the name. Is it Schrodinger's? Schrodinger's? Something, yeah. So that whole, yeah, the quantum, I think it's like that quantum. Well, they actually call it a quantum trick-taking game because it's like quantum theory of, you know, uh, before, if you have a cat in the box uh, and there was, yeah, you don't know if the cat is alive or dead until you open it. And at that point, there's like, you know, it's like this whole splitting off until it's both alive and dead. And then at that point, it's like whatever reality you kind of step into. So that's the whole thing with the cards. It's like the cards have no suit or no color until it gets played. And at that point, it kind of gets decided what color it is. So that's probably the link, the as far <laughs> thematically linked as you go. After that, it's really just, yeah, a, a card game that has got this very, very clever thing of like oh no don't be the one that then can't play a card yeah. and yeah and the thing and the thing i love about this game is we've been kind of carrying it on us when we're out at board game days and it's a game that is actually really fast to teach yes. and it works equally well with people who have never played trick taking before or are new to board games as it does uh, heavy gamers who love trick-taking because there's multiple layers to it that you can try and challenge yourself to achieve, you know, more points. So it works equally well um, with both sets of people. And we love games that can kind of bridge that gap because obviously during the holiday season, we we play a lot of board games, but um, a lot of the people we see over the holiday season don't. And so it's really nice to have a game that we can enjoy and they can enjoy and brings the, you know, the group together. I think the holidays is the perfect time for that late night card game too. I know in our family, yes. there always seems to be at some, some night we'll all be sitting around in a late night card game and one that's finally different. So we're not playing the same game that we've played every year is also nice by me. Thank you so much, Maggie, Amy. This has been such a great time. So what do you guys have? I, I know that you just got done going through your, your game collection and rating all of your games, which I found 
incredibly fascinating. If you want to see some cool games that you've never seen before, tune into Thinker Themer. But what do you guys got for the rest of the year in 2023? Yeah. Well, we're still working on that series, so we made this commitment to rate every game in our board game collection. It was ambitious. Um, We are about 50, I think we're 50 games through now of probably a 300 or so game collection, but we've got this problem where there's more and more coming in the door, so maybe the series will go go on forever. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. We've now sort of realized it's both a conundrum, but also it makes for a very sustainable (laughs) source of content because... We literally can't stay on top of all the all the new games that are kind of coming through. So it means that there's always, obviously, one, we have to be getting rid of games that we no longer play or no longer kind of have a role. We sell them. Uh, we might gift them to people who we think are going to enjoy them and then make room for all the new stuff that also comes in. And then, yeah, gives us a chance to talk about it as well. Yeah. And just on top of that, we are just reviewing board games or previewing board games Um, A lot of the time, you know, in prototype form before they come out to give people a sense of what they're all about and whether they want to, you know, spend their hard-earned cash on them. (laughs) Because it's always a, you know, board games are not cheap. Mm. No, right. So, I mean, it. you definitely don't want to just show up at a Target one day and just pick a game based on the artwork because that will burn you. Go to Thinker Themer and check it out and see if Amy and Maggie have looked at that. It's funny. I was speaking with uh, Tom Vassell from the Dice Tower a few years ago, mm-hmm. and I was telling him how great it is that people like him and the two of you get these games ahead of time. And is like, a, as a board game nerd, I'm like, how fun is that? And he goes, dude, it started off as fun. It is not as fun as you think it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with it comes deadlines, and uh, that is always tricky to but it's also navigate. The level of evolution that that prototype is at, sometimes if they're too early in the piece and they haven't been play tested enough, they haven't been balanced enough, the rules are still changing. So it can actually be really frustrating because you're playing something that's not really complete or haven't, hasn't found its footing yet. Yeah, yeah. And so that can be, that's its own sort of challenge. But it can be so satisfying when you do play something there. Like, wow, this is so clever and it's doing something really new. And unfortunately, like a lot of times, the majority of the stuff that you play is like, yeah, it's okay. It sits in the, it was fine and it was okay. But it's so worth it for those endless quests. Yeah. The the one. Yeah. Those instances where you go, oh, this is so special. This is amazing. Yeah. It's Thinker Themer. We'll link to the channel on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. Amy, Maggie, thank you so much for helping stackers everywhere not waste money and have some more fun around the holidays. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much and happy gaming. It's been our pleasure. That's going to do it for today. Aren't they great? I just love the way Amy and Maggie talk about board games. And if you like them as much as me, you will find a link. I've been mentioning links to all these great board games on our show notes page, but there will be a link to Amy and Maggie's channel on our show notes as well at stackingbenjamins.com. But it's Thinker Themer is, of course, the name of their channel. Hey, a few things here in the community calendar. If you are new here, head to stackingbenjamins.com slash welcome. People that have been with us know that we are committed to making sure that you know how easy and how fun good money management can be and how, even if you're not a money nerd, that good money habits can fuel all the things that you really want to do. It's not about the money. It's about being able to do what you want, when you want. And we get so excited that we can help you do that. Stackingbenjamins.com slash welcome 
is our welcome guide. You can download that guide and it will show you all the ways that we can help you. Speaking of that, if you're somebody making near year-end decisions when it comes to your benefits, we have a brand new guide there too, stackingbenjamins.com slash benefits. And I'm super excited for this. This is a subscription guide that we have created, not a free guide. It's a subscription guide, but it's a lifetime subscription. You know, the average person changes jobs once every two and a half years was the last statistic that I saw. So whenever you change jobs, whenever the rules change, as long as we have a product, continually download this. You buy it once, you never have to buy another one again. We tried to chalk it full of every decision you would make with your benefits. So if you struggle to make the right decisions with your benefits, we start off with a checklist to make the easy decisions, the usual culprits, and then we dive into the weeds with all kinds of our favorite curated spots to find the best info. So if you want to go really deep, you can with our benefits guide. If you just want to get it done quickly, we take care of you. Stackingbenjamins.com slash benefits gets you there. Those are a couple great resources that point to all the places where Stacky Benjamins can help. Finally, I got to say, this is a guy that lives in a little town, America tomorrow, small business day, right? Small business shopping day, support your small businesses, support things that are local. I know when professor Scott Galloway was here, he was talking about how we just don't do local things anymore and really they need your support. So don't go spend money unnecessarily to support <laughs> you. You don't want them to be a place where you sleep later on. You just want to support local businesses. So whenever possible do take care of that tomorrow. All right. That's going to do it for me. Doug, man, you got it from here. What should we have learned today? Happy holiday weekend, everybody. See you Monday. Here's what everybody should have learned today. First, take some advice from Amy and Maggie at Thinker Themer. You spend good money on entertainment. Don't just pick your next game because the cover looks snazzy. Do a little research and you can turn a good party into a great one. And money topics? They're far more fun to learn about if you add in a little entertainment value. Second, don't worry about your latest typo. Monopoly let one ride for like a hundred years. But the big lesson, these kids are brutal out here on Black Friday. A band of middle schoolers threatened to slash my tires when I grabbed the last Marvel Avengers action figure set. It's every man for himself. Thanks to Amy and Maggie for hanging out with us today. Check out their YouTube channel, Thinker Themer, for more information. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2022, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. The show is written by the brilliant Paulette Perhatch, with help from Joe, me, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. After you listen to our show, check out the 201 Deep Dives, written by our website manager and blog editor, Brooke Miller. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. Just go to stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? 
Mom's friend Gertrude is our social media coordinator and the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So, say hello when you see us posting online. Here's a weird fact. Both she and Tina Eichenberg are never in the same room at the same time. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show. Not only should you not take advice from these dorks, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. Well, Stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.